0: had it all. Good looks, great talent, and a brilliant wife. Only almost 10 years into his marriage with Hollywood's sweetheart, Ben decided to seek comfort in the arms of, you guessed it, his children's nanny. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited.
1: We're back for... Technically part three, but also part one of two.
0: (laughs) Part one of two, but also episode three. You are so, so right. We are rolling straight from Jude Law's affair with the nanny into Ben Affleck's affair with the nanny. And there is a lot to discuss. Yeah, I think the story of
1: Ben Affleck and the nanny is something that has sort of never been reported properly. I think Mm. some people actually don't know the story of the split between Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, largely because, as we'll soon find out, it's very confusingly told. Mm. The way that the tabloids try to tell the story, the way that Ben Affleck's camp have tried to rebut the
0: story, it does get a bit laid and confusing. But that's our job. I feel like there are a few hands meddling with the PR machinery of how this was all revealed. But we will, of course, get to all of that in due course. Zara, I feel like Ben Affleck is of such interest to us because he's kind of omnipresent in the news cycle. Certainly, over the last few years since we began the podcast, anyway. I'd love to know how many times Ben Affleck has been mentioned in Shameless episodes because he had that very high profile, potentially PR relationship with Anna De Armas, and then, of course, has rekindled the love affair with J-Lo, which has been such a pop culture moment for the last year and a half.
1: Well, I feel like now he's just part of pop culture folklore, particularly around his back tattoo and the story around that, which we will also get to today. (laughs) There's just so much around Ben Affleck that I can't wait to get into. So let's just dive right there. Let us rewind
0: all the way back to 1972. (laughs) All right, Zara. We are in 1972. That is the year when Ben Affleck was born. He was born in California on the 15th of August. He is the older brother to Casey Affleck, who you guys will recognise the name of because he is another very successful actor who has starred in the likes of Manchester by the Sea and Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, whose name has also been marred by a bit of controversy too in the last few years Mm. for sexual
1: misconduct. But we don't have to dive right there. Just a quick aside, before we even properly jump into this, 1972. so the year that Jude Law was born. Oh, Rewind.
0: Back to the same year. Two boys who love their nannies. <laughs> <Little TV
1: pod.
0: laughs> now,
1: as you said, Mish, the family grew up in California. Ben's mum was a school teacher. His dad was an aspiring playwright who dreamt of working in theatre and spent his spare time backstage at the renowned theatre company of Boston. Again, I feel like this is what we hear time and time again with people who grow up to be actors or in the kind of drama industry (laughs) do you mean stars (laughs) yeah just just famous (laughs) is that their family are interested in this kind of stuff but almost on the amateur side yeah now the other really important note about Ben's dad is that he also suffered from a severe and chronic problem with alcoholism he worked a number of odd jobs including a janitor electrician and bartender And according to Ben, his dad paid for their first VCR and washing dryer with the money he made gambling.
0: Yeah, when Ben Affleck was eight years old, he met 10-year-old Matt Damon. They lived just two blocks away from each other and actually went on to attend the same school. Now, I knew that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were best friends. Like, that's quite well known if you follow celebrity news. I did not realise they went all the way back to being literal children. I didn't know that either. Like, I think their friendship is one that's been written about
1: and spoken about for years, but I really didn't realise they've been friends since the age of eight. I mean, I don't know that many people who still are really, really close to the people they were friends with at eight years Mm. old. Like, it's exceptional. Now, when Ben was 12, his parents divorced and his dad spent time, and I quote, kicking around and living on the street before eventually becoming sober. Ben said that this was a pretty formative period for him. He later told Playboy magazine... It caused me to obsess about success and money because my dad ran out of money and got kicked out of his house. I obsessed about how important money was. It got wired into my DNA.
0: Yeah. Ben also inherited his dad's love of theatre. Growing up, he starred in plays, landed a small role in a film and a kids' TV series. As People magazine wrote, he and Matt Damon, and I quote, plotted their careers, putting away money in a joint bank account for future audition trips to Manhattan, and as Damon later told Interview Magazine, held business lunches in the school cafeteria. I love it. Like, I love hearing about young people dreaming really big and then realising that dream. The fact that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were sitting down at school plotting out how they were going to become stars and the fact they actually achieved it fills my cup.
1: Yeah, it's really lovely. Ben went to university in 1990, but did quit after a semester and headed straight to L.A., He landed a few more roles in films like Dazed and Confused and More Rats, but his big break came in 1994 when Ben, who had turned just 22 that year, sold a script that he and Matt Damon had been working on for $600,000 that script was for a little-known film, that you might have heard <laughs> of, called Good Will Hunting, which came out three years later. <laughs> to write the script of Good Will Hunting, I mean, Good Will Hunting is arguably one of the most iconic films of all time. Yeah.
0: At 22, shows a level of maturity I, I don't think I can perhaps fathom. Level of maturity and level of astronomical talent that none of us sitting at this table, <laughs> neither of us sitting at this table, could compare to. Now, Ben and Matt went on to win the Golden Globe and the Oscar. Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, he is still the youngest ever writer to win an Oscar for screenwriting. He was just 25 years old by the time the film came out.
1: Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that even as we touched on in the intro, Ben Affleck's name is known now for quite a lot of scandals. Mm. Like he is known for his relationships and his personal life and you forget, I think, or a lot of people forget, that there is just insane talent below it all like that's why he's in the public eye because he is just gifted at what he does Mm. now Ben's performance in the film really did make him a household name and it catapulted him into more leading roles in films like Armageddon and Shakespeare in Love.
0: Now we're gonna leave Ben Affleck there for a little bit we need to talk about our other protagonist in this series Zara her name is Jennifer Garner Tell me about Jen.
1: Well, Jen was born in the same year as Ben and old mate Jude (laughs) Jude. in April 1972, a lucky year that one, in Texas. But she grew up in West Virginia with her sisters. She was the middle child in a middle class family. Jennifer Garner's family has long fascinated me, Michelle. Her dad was a chemical engineer. Her mum did all the cooking and cleaning made their clothes and cut paper dolls for us, Jen once said, before going on to do her
0: master's and working as
1: a teacher. Now, that's not really why the family fascinates me. It's the part that comes after that does.
0: Yeah, well, her family was quite strict. So they went to church every Sunday and Jen Garner and her sisters weren't allowed to get their ears pierced until they were 16. I mean, I'm thinking about this now. My family would be quite strict then. My upbringing would be considered quite strict. We went to church every Sunday and we weren't allowed to get our ears pierced until I think it was 15. So me and Jane Garner, two peas in a pod.
1: Well, that's so interesting. I guess the way that I think about it, and maybe it's because we've done so many scandals now, is that Mm. so many of these childhoods, of famous people look quite similar. Very rarely do we hear of someone who had a very Christian, very conservative upbringing who ended up, you know, one of the most famous people in the world in like this very glittery non-conservative industry. Yeah, for sure. As a child, she was passionate about performing, especially dancing, said she practiced six hours a day. Now, she went on to attend uni where she changed her major from chemistry to theatre, and she said her family weren't surprised, though, and did encourage her passions, which
0: I think is most of it, right? Yeah, for sure. She once said in an interview, I was the most independent of the three siblings. My father and mother always supported my passion for acting. I think they just kind of expected me to move to New York and become an actress and have all of these adventures. When I switched my major from chemistry to theatre in college, my father never batted an eye. That was impressive when you think about how hard they work to save and put us all through school. Impressive parenting, I think. Yeah, I love that. It. Yeah,
1: it's lovely parenting. So Jen graduated from uni and did move to New York where she kind of supplemented her acting jobs by working in a restaurant. Two years later, she moved to LA where she landed some small roles before breaking out in the TV series Felicity in 1998. She played this nerdy character called Hannah in two episodes <laughs> and she was 26 years old. So she had her break a little later than Ben Affleck.
0: Yeah, and her break was nowhere near as big. I mean, a couple yes. of episodes in a TV series, we're talking about a 26 year old woman having that in her career and Ben Affleck winning like Oscars. Yes. So <laughs> very, very different career trajectories. Felicity was a significant show for Jen Garner, not just in a career sense, but also in a personal life sense, because that's where she met her first husband, Scott Foley. Now, if you're a fan of the TV show Scandal, you'll probably recognize Scott Foley. He actually starred in that. He was also, of course, a cast member on the show Felicity and he and Jen Garner just hit it off. In fact, they tied the knot two years later in October 2000 when Jen was 28 years old. Yeah, so this brings us to 2000, not just the year that Jen
1: Garner married her first husband, but it was also the year that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner's worlds first collided. He was 27, she was 28, and they met on the set of the movie Pearl Harbor.
0: Yeah, so it was a huge production, Pearl Harbor. The production company was pouring $140 million into the film behind the scenes. Ben had one of the leading roles playing an army pilot in World War II Jen was not in such a big role, though. She was playing the role of a nurse in the army hospital.
1: Yeah, while the film was a commercial success, like it did earn them nearly $450 million at the box office, it was banned by critics. <laughs> the Guardian wrote that some films are great, some have greatness thrust upon them, but occasionally greatness is just a big bowl of Hollywood <laughs> hogwash. <laughs> Ben later described working on the film as a wonderful experience because, and I quote, I got to know my wife and there were a lot of people I liked. He went on and said, it was a disappointment because I thought we were making an iconic movie, a Titanic kind of movie. It ultimately ended up being like Armageddon in World (laughs) War II. Ben Affleck does seem deeply insecure about the projects that aren't critical successes. Like he doesn't really seem to care as much about the movies that make money, but has like this deep like insecurity, I guess, Mm. to him where he needs the projects that he is a part of to be loved by critics.
0: Yeah. And as these episodes go, you guys will see that more and more. In Ben's defense, dare I say, maybe he was so applauded at such a young age to be 22 and have all of these industry experts tell you, you are the new prodigy. You are going to change the face of cinema forever to then have those same people turn around and be like, this sucks. You shouldn't have put your time into it. That would sting if you build your ego based on the opinions of the experts in the industry, which he would have at 22. I can't then begrudge him for turning around at 28 and being like, hang on a second. Well, also it's one of those things where it's
1: like I can imagine, not in any way, shape or form, that I feel bad for (laughs) Ben Affleck for winning an
0: Oscar this young. But you know that concept of peaking really, really early and then Mm. feeling like you're always chasing your tail after that. Yeah, for sure. Before we get ahead of ourselves, when we're speaking about Pearl Harbor, we need to make it abundantly clear This film set was not where Ben Affleck and Jen Garner fell in love or started dating. For starters, Jen Garner was still married and for the past three years at this point, so from 1997 until the year 2000, Ben had been on again, off again with none other than Gwyneth Paltrow.
1: Yeah, welcome back, Gwyneth. (laughs) Just as an aside as well, because this will come up later in the series, Ben attended a rehab facility for 30 days in the middle of 2001. So this was the first time I think the public realized really understood that Ben... had a problem with alcohol. Just like his dad. Yeah, his spokesperson at the time said in a statement, Ben is a self-aware and smart man who has decided that a fuller life awaits him without alcohol. He has chosen to seek out professional assistance and is committed to traveling a healthier road with the support of his family, friends and fans.
0: Yeah, it wasn't until a couple of years later when the dynamic between Jen Garner and Ben Affleck changed and they finally got together. But Zara, before we get back to Jen Garner, we need to stay on the chronology of Ben Affleck's Love life because there's another woman we need to speak about first. That is J Lo.
1: Yeah. So at the start of 2002, Ben Affleck and J Lo meet on the set of a film called Geely. Now, (laughs) that might sound familiar or it might not at all sound
0: familiar to our listeners because I think we tried to pronounce it in an old episode. Jiggly. Jiggly. In our defense, it's spelled G-I-G-L-I. Apparently pronounced Jiggly, but looks like Jiggly. Anyway, it's (laughs) Jiggly.
1: So at the time that they met, JLo was actually married to her second husband, Chris Judd, (laughs) not of the Carlton fame. (laughs) Chris was JLo's backup dancer. They actually met on the set of one of her music videos, and she had been married to Chris for about
0: six-ish months? Yeah, not
1: very long, very fresh. Yeah, when she meets Ben on the set of this film.
0: Yeah, so J-Lo is very much married to Chris Judd, which made people raise some eyebrows when a few months after meeting Ben, a very interesting ad appeared in Hollywood trade magazines. So essentially what had happened was J-Lo had just been named Show West's Female Star of the Year and apparently what happened at the time to kind of celebrate your peers in the industry, when a star would win an award like this their peers would then buy ads in trade magazines to congratulate them. It was kind of like the customary thing to do.
1: What a funny thing to do. Anyway, one ad in The Hollywood Reporter was actually bought by Ben Affleck. And as you say, Mish, it raised a few eyebrows. Now Ben wrote in that ad, you have shown kindness, dedication, diligence, humility, graciousness of spirit, beauty and courage, great empathy, (laughs) astonishing talent, real poise and true grace. It has been nothing but an honour and a pleasure to work with you. I only wish I were lucky enough to be in all your movies. Mm. The ad was signed with love, respect and gratitude, Ben Affleck.
0: Feels a bit like a love letter in the form of a... Newspaper ad. Well,
1: <laughs> I don't know how I would feel if, like, I was with my boyfriend and some other person was writing a letter like that to them publicly. You yeah, a bit like, ooh.
0: imagine Chris Judd opening the paper and reading that from another man to your wife. Like, graciousness
1: I'm... of spirit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> graciousness of spirit. Now, according to the Times, Ben did take this ad out to combat JLo's reputation for being a little bit difficult on set. We actually covered that in our JLo scandal episodes. If you guys are interested, go back and listen to that one but still it was something that made everyone sit up and pay attention because you could say the tone isn't just combating this idea that J-Lo's a nightmare on set it's going so far to say that she is one of the best people on the earth
1: yeah exactly now surprise surprise in early June so it was about two months after that ad came out J-Lo separated from her husband about a month and a half later, Ben and Lo were spotted kissing and cuddling at her surprise birthday. <laughs> and two days after that, she officially filed for divorce from Chris Judd. Now that split announcement read like this. Jennifer Lopez and Chris Judd have announced they have resolved all issues arising out of their marriage. <laughs> the resolution was extremely amicable. <laughs> the
0: two will remain friends. Such an odd divorce announcement, that one. They've resolved
1: all their issues. They've decided they never want to see yeah. each other again.
0: <laughs> now, speculation that Ben Affleck and JLo had an affair behind Chris Judd's back was understandably rampant, so much so that both of them were prompted to speak out about it. J-Lo spoke to Reader's Digest the following year and said, I'm a very faithful person. If somebody had told me Ben Affleck's attracted to you, I would have said, no, I wasn't raised that way. Ben denied the suggestion that he and JLo had an affair as well. He told Vanity Fair, It goes against the fundamental code I believe in and live by. Being honest, doing things with which I can live rather than be ashamed of, doing esteemable things. An interesting quote.
1: Certainly one to remember later. <laughs> so by the summer of 2002, Ben Affleck was with j Lo And was also starring in a new film called Daredevil opposite Jennifer Garner. Now, while Ben's career had sort of stagnated with a series of average comedies and action films... 30-year-old Jen Garner had actually graduated from supporting cast to leading lady Mm. by this time when they reconnect on a new film. In the two years since they had worked together, Jen Garner had become a huge name in Hollywood after starring in the 2001 TV hit series Alias.
0: Alias. Now in that show, of course, Jen Garner played a glamorous international spy known as Sydney Bristow. The role catapulted her to stardom and ran for five seasons. For that role, she was nominated a total of four times for Best Leading Actress at the Emmys. Now, alongside this rising star, Jen also developed a reputation for being one of the loveliest people in Hollywood. Take this quote from J.J. Adams, which he gave to Vanity Fair. I don't remember having more fun working with anyone than I've had working with Jen Garner. She's smart funny. She makes you want to be funnier and smarter and you know that when you throw the best you've got her way, she'll make it better. No one's perfect, but no one's Jen Garner.
1: (sighs) I think that's the highest prize you can ever get. I want that on my tombstone, even if it's not true. No one's perfect, but
0: no one's Zara <laughs> yes, McDonald.
1: like, I don't care if it's not true. That is like <laughs> the ultimate thing to say about so someone. So good. So Jen Garner and Ben Affleck reunite on the set of Daredevil, but both of them, again, in relationships. Keep in mind, of course, Jen Garner is still married to Scott Foley. He's very much still on the scene, which is why I guess it's a bit confusing that later down the line when Ben Affleck was kind of talking in interviews about falling in love with Jennifer Garner, he credits this film as where he fell in love with her because they were both not just in relationships, but they were both in relationships for a little while after the film
0: too. Yeah. He later told Playboy magazine, by the way, Jen won most of the fights in the movie, which was a pretty good predictor of what would happen down the road. My wife holding swords and beating the living shit out of me. The Rotten Tomatoes rating is not in direct proportion to how important a life experience (laughs) a movie was. I'm not wrong. I told you, he's beaten out by bad
1: reviews. (laughs) That's
0: Rotten Tomatoes. Who gives a fuck about Rotten Tomatoes? Well, I am
1: surprised that a movie star as big as Ben is conscious of what the Rotten Tomatoes rating is. seems like refreshing the webpage. Yeah, genuinely. Now, more on the love affair between J Lo and Ben, and Ben Affleck and Jen Garner after the break.
0: All right, Zara. So while Ben Affleck has said that he fell in love with Jen Garner on the set of Daredevil while he was very much in a relationship with J-Lo, there isn't any evidence that there was an affair going on while filming. Jen Garner even later said that she and Ben were both single when they started their relationship.
1: Yeah. And I think even more convincingly, if I'm honest, Ben... Affleck and J-Lo's relationship only got more and more serious after he starred in Daredevil. Now, they became Benifer, one of the most iconic couples in Hollywood. In August 2002, People magazine paid $75,000 for nine photos of them riding in a Bentley convertible. <laughs> the paparazzi were absolutely obsessed with them. They tried to catch them at lunch at the gas station at home. And in November, of course, MTV premiered the music video for Jenny from the block, which showed Ben famously <laughs> leaning over and kissing JLo's butt while they tanned on the yacht. <laughs> now, Ben later said the music video was a big regret of their relationship and career.
0: Yeah, that same month, around seven months after he first met J-Lo, Ben proposed to her with a pink diamond. In an exclusive interview with ABC News, J-Lo said that she and Ben were going to visit his family in Boston, but when they got to the house, there was, and I quote, just a blanket, a quilt of rose petals all over the entire house. So many candles and vases and bouquets. And my song, Glad, was playing. I walk in and I was Just like overwhelmed. I wasn't expecting it, and I was just like, oh my God. She went on and said, I just started sobbing, crying.
1: I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) As tears streamed down her cheek, Ben Affleck apparently read a letter he had written to her saying all the reasons he loved her and wanted to marry her. Quite sweet. Cute. She said, I had cried a lot over sadness over the years, and for the first time in my life, I cried incredible purging tears of happiness. It was the most cleansing feeling and the most wonderful feeling I had ever had.
0: Yeah. Can we talk for a second about Ben putting on J-Lo's song for him to propose? Like her own song is playing while he's proposing to her.
1: Yes. And I would recommend when people finish this episode, just to get a little bit of a sense of that song, go and play it. Go play Glad Because it's not like... It's not like a soft, slow love song. <laughs> it's it's a classic J Lo bop. Like, it is a bop, but yes, it is an interesting song to play. <laughs> but quite flattering for someone to play your own work while they propose. JLo told ABC News that what she and Ben had was the real thing. She said, what I knew that was different this time is that I was just more scared. It was too powerful. This time it was just smothering me and so hot, you know, that it was just like, it made me feel afraid.
0: What does any of that mean?
1: It's a level of passion, I think, that clearly she hadn't experienced before
0: and that she was maybe for the first time in her life, terrified of losing someone. Yeah. So J-Lo and Ben Affleck are very much in love and very passionate about each other. But Jen Garner's love life isn't going the same. In fact, her marriage came to an end after just two years in March 2003. Both her and Scott Foley denied that there was any cheating that caused the relationship breakdown. Scott actually spoke to TV Guide to put those rumours to rest. He said, Jen has become a huge celebrity, she became a huge star and she deserved everything she got. There was no other relationship, there was no infidelity, nothing. People get divorced, you know, through no one's fault and everyone's fault.
1: An interesting <laughs> quote. Jen Garner later told Parade Magazine that she had, and I quote, a lot of growing up to do at this point in her life. She said, I am still conflict diverse. I don't like to argue, but back then I couldn't have a fight. I couldn't work things out because I wasn't able to say what I needed to say. I didn't have a voice. I didn't dare to express myself. It was a huge heartbreak for me to have something fail like that. I knew that this was either an opportunity for growth or I would sink. It's easy when you're hurt and angry to just say, oh, it's them. But I had to come into my own. I thought, why did this relationship not work? What part of the failure is my responsibility? So I went to work on it.
0: Yeah, soon after Jen Garner got her divorce, Ben and JLo's relationship began to sour as well. In July 2003, Zara, shit went down. Yes. So Basically, what happened was Ben and J-Lo sat down for their first primetime interview as a couple with NBC's Dateline. The whole point of the interview was to talk about their love for each other, their engagement and their upcoming wedding. In that chat, J-Lo cooked dinner, they talked about which baseball team their future children would back, and they seemed very much in love. Only, as we would soon find out, within hours of that NBC interview airing, Ben Affleck paid a visit to a strip club in Vancouver. Yeah, exactly. The National
1: Enquirer interviewed two eyewitnesses that claimed that Ben had cheated on J Lo by having sex with at least one other woman in the back room. Now, I guess it probably should be put on the record that the National Enquirer is a bit of a dirty publication, mm. but friends who were there with Ben that night confirmed that, yes, he was actually at the strip club, but they said that he didn't do anything apart from dance and hang out. Ben's publicist also told the media the reports of drugs and alcohol use are just vicious. We are exploring legal options. So we've got this very lovey-dovey NBC interview that airs. Hours later, he's spotted at a strip club. Some reports say that he's cheating. Other reports say he's using drugs and alcohol. And we know he've had issues like that in the
0: past. Mm. It's a huge story. A huge story. And even the threats of exploring legal options didn't stop the Daily Mail from speaking to a woman named Tammy Morris. Now, Tammy told the Daily Mail that she had slept with Ben that night, adding, It's a night I'll never forget, and I'm sure one he'll want to forget. Pretty messy.
1: Very messy. J-Lo later said as well, what they put in the paper is not what happened. Ben also denied the cheating. In August... Geely, that film that J-Lo and Ben met on, Mm. was released and boy oh boy did everyone (laughs) hate it. It made only $7.7 million compared to its
0: $75 million budget.
1: That's a flop.
0: That is a flop. And you guys might be asking, hang on a second, you've got the star power of Ben Affleck, the star power of J-Lo, the PR of their relationship being everywhere in the media. How could a film like this flop? Maybe this will be a bit of an explainer. In the film, Ben Affleck played a gangster working for an Italian crime family sent on a mission to kidnap the younger brother of a federal prosecutor. J-Lo played a lesbian gangster sent out to make sure Ben does his job. There is a heap of homophobic language and eventually Ben woos J-Lo. He literally apparently, and I put this in inverted commas, turns J-Lo straight. There's even a scene in Geely where J-Lo invites Ben to go down on her and whispers, (laughs) it's turkey time, gobble, gobble, while spreading her legs. (laughs) And, yes, we watched the YouTube clip of this to make sure this was legit because when we read it, we were like, there surely no not. There is no way. There is a way, people. There was a way. That happened exactly that way. She opens her legs and said, it's turkey time gobble gobble you know it's funny I, I thought we would struggle
1: to get that out of you once but you've given it to us <laughs> twice it is universally considered one of the worst films in hollywood it has an imdb score of 2.5 and a 6 percent rating on rotten tomatoes the reason why this is significant i think is it because it really did mark the slow downfall of ben affleck's career during this period Now, things went from bad to worse here because things were already pretty bad. Things are bad. A month after this film is released and a day before these two were due to get married, Ben and J-Lo release a statement postponing the wedding due to excessive media attention that was so bad they were seriously considering hiring three separate decoy brides at three different locations.
0: Yeah, strange. By January 2004, about four months after calling off their wedding, JLo's reps confirmed that she had in fact ended her engagement to Ben. In an exclusive statement to People magazine, JLo's rep said, "'I am confirming the reports that Jennifer Lopez has ended her engagement to Ben Affleck. At this difficult time, we ask you to respect her privacy.'" Very interesting because often when couples split, no matter how acrimonious that split is, they have the one rep come out and give a, they love each other more than ever.
1: It's all, even if it's not that though, it's always a joint statement. A joint
0: statement. This was one statement asking just that we give JLo her privacy while also telling us that she was the one who ended the relationship. Exactly. So Ben naturally kicked off the year in
1: a pretty bad place. As Playboy later wrote, he, and I quote, watched his career get damaged by the backlash to Benefer and the ill-timed flop of Geely. A nice guy caught in a media maelstrom, Affleck was left to wonder how things had turned in a career launched after he and writing partner Matt Damon won Oscars for their Goodwill Hunting script and the two Boston kids quickly became forces to be reckoned with. Affleck, whose star continued to rise with Armageddon, Shakespeare in Love and Pearl Harbour, never denied playing a part in his undoing by, among other things, appearing in Lopez's music video to
0: rub suntan lotion on her iconic bottom on a yacht. <laughs> ben Affleck later said that after he and J.Lo split up, he felt like he was being treated worse than another guy in the media at the same time who was on trial for murder, Here's the quote from Ben. At least that guy in the news cycle got the benefit of the word alleged when they talked about him. I became the guy people could kick around even if they hadn't seen the movie because they saw other people taking shots. I thought it was unfair, but some of those people later wrote nice things about my work. I've learned not to take it personally what's going on here? How could
1: you possibly say you're being treated worse than a guy that was accused of murder?
0: Yeah. And also like the level of self-pity and lack of insight to your own personal circumstances. Like you are a multimillionaire, very attractive, very privileged actor who happened to go through a bit of a messy public split. Like, do we regard you in the same way that we regard an accused murderer? no like there's not a universe in which that's happening
1: it's also again another quote on the record where he's seriously caught up in what other people think about him and his work like for someone who by this point had been in the public eye for a long time it's quite remarkable to me that he hadn't learned the skills to stop caring for your own sanity because i think you just would simply have to yeah but he clearly hasn't anyway fast forward to october 2004 And the world finds out that Ben and Jen Garner are actually a thing. For timeline's sake, if this is a bit of a help, Jen Garner had split with her husband, Scott Foley, a year and a half Before this, and J-Lo and Ben had split 10 months earlier.
0: Yeah, so Jen Garner and Ben Affleck made their first public appearance as a couple at the World Series where the Boston Red Sox were playing. Jen later said they got together after Ben continually wrote her persuasive emails. She told Parade Magazine, He's a very good writer. He's a very persuasive writer. Now, some were a little worried about this pairing of Jen Garner and Ben Affleck. As Marie Claire wrote, Ben was coming off two widely publicised, highly scrutinised romances that, and I quote, had Hollywood holding its collective breath on Garner's behalf.
1: Yeah, Vanity Fair also later wrote that Ben had a bit of a bad boy reputation and had been in a string of more disappointing films like Reindeer Games, (laughs) Jersey Girl and Surviving Christmas. Meanwhile, Jen's star power was on the rise with movies like Suddenly 30 or 13 going on 30, depending on where you live, and Catch Me If You Can. People magazine did note that when these two started dating, Ben and Jen mostly kept their relationship out of the spotlight. I mean... Sounds like a smart call after the last few years of their
0: lives. Yeah, so thoroughly unsurprising that Ben in particular would want a really private relationship outside the prying eye of the paparazzi. In April 2005, Ben actually proposed to Jen Garner on her 33rd birthday. This was six months after the public realised that they were dating. And by May, the month after the proposal, tabloids began speculating that Jen Garner was pregnant. By June 29, 2005, the duo were married.
1: Yeah, and while they were apparently planning to have a huge wedding, they ended up having a four-person ceremony, according to Entertainment Weekly. The ceremony was held on the beach in the Turks and Caicos Islands, and Jen wore this long white dress that had... A green sash belt. A green sash belt. <laughs> While Ben wore an all-white suit. Now, Victor Garber, who played Jen Garner's dad on the set of Alias and is one of her closest friends, officiated her wedding, which is quite sweet. Pap shots show the couple jumping into
0: the water after they said, I do. Yeah, that December, Jen Garner gave birth to their first child, a daughter named Violet. Now, as W Magazine wrote, after Jen Garner and Ben Affleck got married, they became Bennifer 2.0. One of the most iconic, yes, couples in Hollywood, but also notably one of the most stable Zara. Yeah, exactly. I
1: mean, they went on to have two more children. They had Seraphine in 2009 and Samuel in 2008 and 12. Now, across their marriage, Jen Garner appeared in some pretty great movies. She starred in the widely celebrated indie films like Juno and Men, Women and Children. She was in Ghosts of Girlfriends Past and The Invention of Lying. She also appeared in Valentine's Day, which in my I opinion, hate that movie is a, is a classic. Oh. She also starred in the Oscar winning film Dallas Buyers Club. So there's a real mix there, hey?
0: Yeah, real mix. I've got to say, out of all those titles, Juno has the softest yeah. place in my soul for Jen Garner. Like, Juno is such a good film. Valentine's Day was just bullshit. I, I loved any of those kind <laughs> of films where they had every celebrity under the sun in them. As Marie Claire noted in 2008, Ben had also done away with his bad boy image and you no longer heard stories of him drinking or gambling or anything like that. Jen Garner even said that Ben gave up smoking three weeks before they had their first daughter, Violet.
1: Yeah, Ben also fought to re-establish himself as a serious actor and director during their marriage. He co-wrote and directed the dark mystery Gone Baby Gone. He received praise for The Town, which he also co-wrote and directed and even starred in. But as Playboy magazine later wrote, everything came full circle with Argo, which was released in 2012. With Affleck as a producer, director and star, the film won the Oscar for Best Picture, the tabloid follies and the failed movies faded into memory.
0: Mm, The following year, he landed Gone Girl as well, so another huge gong for his career. By 2014, Ben Affleck was back in a big
1: way. Hugely so. Ben said that Jen was a big reason why he was able to turn his career around. He told Playboy that, and I quote, Getting to know her, falling in love with her, and being connected with her gave me a foundation to reach out and say, okay, I'm going to do Hollywood Land, I'm going to direct Gone Baby Gone. Those were the steps forward I needed to put positive stuff on the board. She is by leaps and bounds the most important person to me in that respect. Over the years, she has allowed me to have a stable home life while accomplishing my professional goals. Everybody has movies that don't work. I just had a run of them. But I also looked at it and said, I didn't work hard enough. I wasn't enough. I wasn't dedicated enough. I made that realization. But once I'd made it, the most critical thing was that she said, if you're going to work 24 hours a day, that's cool. I'm going to be here. That allowed me to think, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill myself over the
0: next period of time. So essentially Ben Affleck was back in a big way, hugely because he had the support of his partner at home who made that possible. Exactly yeah that's one of the reasons that Ben 2.0 was considered Hollywood's golden couple the way they spoke about each other in the media their chemistry on camera when they were at award shows it was just palpable their love for each other there was that time for example that Jengana told mari claire the one thing that makes it work is that we're both pretty nice he's not someone who's ever going to blow up on anyone what i mean is if he's ever angry with me he doesn't act out on it in a weird way or yell at me and i'm the same so we can handle conflict in a very loving way Interesting quotes that I
1: feel like maybe she slightly contradicts after Mm. they split, but that is what we'll get to later. She also marveled at Ben's ability to connect. She said, Ben's very interested in finding out what makes people tick. When he's listening to someone, and this can be someone he meets in the street, his brother, anyone who's standing next to in line, if he clicks into them, he can stand in one spot for hours. It's amazing.
0: Mm. To continue the Jen Garner and Ben Affleck love parade, we also had this in Parade magazine where Jen... Referred to Ben as sexy and kind, but also a riot. She talked about how they always found ways to be romantic after multiple years of marriage and, of course, multiple children. You still a date. You still a kiss. You still a whisper. You sit next to each other on the couch with computers on your laps. After the kids are asleep, you well, you know, whatever it is, you slip away for a night, which we've only just done now for the first time. <laughs>
1: Great. That's exactly what I want to picture. There was, however, one time during their marriage when Ben's comments about Jen didn't come across in the greatest light. It might have just been clunky wording. But in 2013, when he won the Oscar for Best Picture with Argo, he gave what's been described by some news outlets as a cringeworthy speech. This is what he said.
0: I want to thank my wife. Thank you for uh, working on our marriage for uh, uh, 10 Christmases. It's, uh, it's, it's, Good. It is work, but it's the best kind of work, and uh, there's no one I'd rather work with. So. Look, it doesn't quite land. Like, I think I know what he's getting at. Like, yeah, relationships are work, and I think if anyone in a long-term relationship is listening to this right now, they would be nodding their heads. Like, not everything is smooth sailing. However, he went a little too heavy on the clinical stuff and not heavy enough on the emotional stuff. You know, what, I give Ben like a full pass. For yep. this because I'm like, his
1: career is back. He's winning best picture for a film he's written, directed and starred in. There's chaos to that. You're not thinking about what you're saying. No. It's a total blur. Like... I am not saying he's probably not made mistakes in other parts of the relationship, but for that, I'm like, you're just not thinking about what
0: you're saying, truthfully. And also her face, they often pan to Jen Garner in this YouTube clip, which you guys can search up if you're interested. They pan to her repeatedly and she is glowing with like love for him. It's not as if she was sitting there being like, you asshole. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) The pair managed to brush the comments off a few months later when Ben was hosting SNL. He said, I want to tell you how I wish I had ended that speech. I couldn't do any of the things I do without you, without your support. You're my angel, my life, my world. And then Jennifer Garner kind of like made a joke that he was reading it off a cue card and he very
0: sincerely said, yeah, but it's true. I love you. That's really sweet. sweet. Jen later told InStyle that year, we both know we couldn't do what we do without each other. Ben has been amazing at finding ways of telling me how much he appreciates what I do. Honestly, I would do anything for that man because I Know it's not to be taken for granted. Yeah,
1: which was why everyone was a bit shocked when, while on a family holiday to the Bahamas on the 30th of June 2015, which was just a day after their 10th wedding anniversary. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner released a statement revealing that they had decided to divorce.
0: Yeah, that shock statement read, we go forward with love and friendship for one another and a commitment to co-parenting our children whose privacy we ask to be respected during this difficult time. This will be our only comment on this private family matter. Thank you for understanding.
1: Yeah, but what nobody saw coming is that when Ben and Jen left that trip in the Bahamas, not only did they do so separately, that Ben Affleck actually left with another woman on his arm.
0: Yeah, another woman boarded that private jet that whisked Ben Affleck out of the Bahamas that day. She was none other than his children's nanny, Christine Uzunian. Yeah, and
1: within four weeks, the whole world would know about it. But whatever happened next
0: between Jen Garner, Ben Affleck and The Nanny will be in next week's episode of Scandal. My goodness, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, you know the drill by now. If you follow us on Instagram at Shameless Podcast, you will get the juicy, nostalgic throwback galleries your heart desires. Yeah,
1: if you follow us on TikTok too, you might see some snippets from this episode. We are on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. As always, a huge thank you to our researcher justine landis hanley who did the bulk of the work on this one with our help michelle as always too we will be back in your ears on thursday for another wrap in the week that was in pop culture
0: thanks so much guys bye bye